this is TJ Dubois at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Win- Wickham Wanderers. I've definitely given up counting oh now. Dear. I can't. Even, I honestly can't remember. Forgotten what the show was called. I think <laughs> it sounded like you were going to get the name wrong. I think it might be nine. I'm not sure. It's, like, it's not good when you're on a Wickham station and you can't remember the name Wickham. <laughs> Wickham Wanderers show. That's what it is. Thank you very much. Uh, we're uh, reviewing two games. Uh, they are the home defeat to MK Dons. Away defeat. Oh, apologies. <laughs> yes, there two away. It's not going on. Should we stop? <laughs> yes, away defeat to MK Dons and also uh, the trip to Shrewsbury. 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 Yes. We'll Should we just say it different ways each? Yeah, I think we will. We'll to cover time. both. Every time we'll say it, say it slightly differently. It's like two uh, different languages. I think I think we'll reflect more on the Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury than we will on the lot up the road. Yes, yes. Yeah. Good mention. Um, uh, uh, as well as that, lots of Gareth Ainsworth coming up tonight. Yes. So Gareth, post MK, post Shrewsbury. And post and, his cycle. Uh, and post his cycle. Yes, indeed. Because he did cycles of work this morning. <laughs> Which I know was a, it was a filthy morning. I was going to say, yeah, I'm cool. impressed that he did that. Very impressed. And hey. he slightly caught me off guard when he said it, so I didn't actually follow it up. Ah. I know I should have done. <laughs> this is if he cycles every day. Yeah, well, I did, well, perhaps I did, he does. Maybe he does. Yeah. Uh, also, we'll be catching up with Rod Lavers, who you might know as the former groundsman slash kit man uh, from the Lokes Park and Adams Park eras as well. So uh, if you've got a... L- You've got a lawn at home that you've always wanted to uh, uh, turn into your very own Adams Park. We'll get you some uh, some top tips a little later on as well. It's all true. He's not the tennis player, is he? Because I thought that first of all. No, that's Rod Laver. Yes. Well, he's, that, he's the you plural. initially said it, you see. It was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, what? the bloke who's from the arena. And it's like, oh, no, 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 not him. <laughs> Can you imagine if we spoke to him? <laughs> That'd be quite interesting. Hasn't even heard of Wickham Wanderers. Or yeah, well, you know, we, uh, maybe that could be a feature. We'll, we'll speak to people who know nothing about Wickham Wanderers. They have the same name as people with connection to that's the club. A, yeah, okay, that will do. This week we're speaking to Gareth Ainsworth. No, not that one. That would be that would be interesting. Yep. Yeah, uh, gas engineer Gareth Ainsworth joins <laughs> us live from Durham, <laughs> where he goes out every day in his little van. Yeah, he should definitely do that. How does he find it sharing a name with the Wicked Wanderers manager? <laughs> if you can help us set up any of those interviews, then do get in touch. Yeah, perhaps you can. TWWS at wickhamsound.org.uk. We're making it up tonight as we go along. Um, so yes, that that is what's coming up, um, and JJ as well. Yeah, um, lots. Yeah. But first, so yes, let's, let's reflect on the... Uh, Back up to Stadium MK. <laughs> the, another Bucks derby. Well, sorry, another derby, but a Bucks derby, uh, nevertheless. And we, we sort of touched on last week that they, they're quite in form. Yes. And um, clearly continue to be so but as well. But, you, you know, you, you look at the... If you watch the highlights reel, as I've just done, just to remind me what happened, you know, the, the first half, it was all us. It, you know, everything about it was us. Until the penalty incident. Yes, there's um, a dismissal to cover. Yeah, and I mean, you know, for a start, I thought these days anyway, and I know that the referee then thought he was denying goal-scoring opportunity, so that's why it was a penalty and a red card, but it's still, I thought we'd we'd cut out the sort of double jeopardy rule mm. where you could have a red card and a penalty, and you look back on it, and it didn't look like a red card to me. You know, penalty and yellow card, maybe. Not penalty in red, and also only one nil as well. It sounds sounds like yeah, quite a yeah. close contest. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Ryan Taff has only put the ball in the net as well, uh, only to be judged offside. Um, but he then repeated the feat uh, that was not offside, of course, uh, in Tuesday night's game. So, so that was good. Um, but yeah, just just you know, one of those frustrating ones. Um, was very impressed to hear Gareth being very very upbeat after it. I don't think it's a red card, you know, I'll give him a penalty all day because uh, it's a foul in the box, but it's a genuine attempt for the ball, and when I asked the referee, he said it's a push. I can't see a push, it's a genuine attempt for the ball for me, I'm sure it's genuinely gone for the ball, and that is a yellow, and I can't understand how he's given a red card, um, 
you know, Agnunz obviously silly push or, or you drag someone down. He's gone. He's made a genuine attempt to get that ball. How can he get sent off? I'm not complaining. It was a penalty. Yeah, well done. MK Dons, beaties, but you didn't put us to bed with 10 men. I thought the boys were superb at 10 men. They defended so stoutly, really good, and we knew it would be really tough because they're a good side. They, they keep possession really well. But I said at half-time, if we can soak up the pressure and defend like you can defend, we may catch these on the break. And we were so close. I'm proud of that performance, and that'll do me. Um, and football's great because they've got to come to us now and, uh, and we'll see them there but fair play you know MK Don's win the game fair and square that first five minutes of the second half it looked like it might be a long afternoon especially off the back of a, a draining midweek trip to Manchester City but the boys dug in and like you said that that second goal from MK Don's just never really came didn't no. look lightly and I think David Stockland's had one shot to save second half one shot from range where I expect him to save I think there's some nervous moments at that end and, and that's good for me you know Bale, Brandon Hamlin coming on you know we played Man City Tuesday so the legs for me phenomenal fitness levels um, you know a couple of their players came off and said you got a good team there I know yeah I'm really proud of them I'm really really proud of them and we'll go on and win as many points as we need this season but you know I just gutted on that decision because I believe it was a great tie we created some great chances in that first half real fantastic save from their keeper you know, off some bolts, brilliant. We've hit the crossbar, we've had numerous set plays. Oh, it just didn't go for us, you know, and a couple of decisions I thought could have gone our way. Referee saw him differently. He saw him his way, and that also, you know, was, was MK Don's way at the end because, you know, they, they get the penalty, they get the red card, we're down to 10 men. It's tough, they're a good side, they're a good side. But they didn't put us to bed at 10 men, and that's positive for me, real positive. Away from home in a tight game, you've alluded to the chances. You know, you're going to want your team to be more clinical as the season progresses in those in those situations. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we, we want to score. We score one of the early chances. I think it's a whole different game. One of the late chances, you know. But you know, like I say, ten men is hard against any team, especially in modern football. Um, we've done it. We almost did it today. I wish we could have stopped on nearly a, a magic moment at the end there, but that wasn't to be, you know. But super positive. Got Shrewsbury on Tuesday. Pick them all back up. Got rotations that I can do. Um, I, I want to appeal Anthony Scott I'm not sure whether we will or not but um, I can't see if you're a young man on the football pitch and you make a genuine attempt for the ball and you get sent off for that why do we have this rule just just say referee's discretion because by the rules he should still be on the pitch in my opinion Gareth I've got to ask you about the shoes we've not seen the red shoes for a while <laughs> uh, what's brought this about no I'm, I'm off to a wedding later so uh, these, they're now wedding shoes they're not touchline shoes but um it's, uh, you know, give them an airing now and again. Um, we talk about the shoes out there today and, and the legs that were in those shoes. They would never stop running. Kirsch Thompson, you know, Josh Scowen, the back three who all played midweek as well, you know. Um, just a fabulous, fabulous show of fitness, strength, organisation. Tiny, tiny bits, you know, tiny moments, sticky goals in when you can. And, uh, you know, we've got caught out with uh, maybe an offside decision. I'm not sure. I don't know if we've got that right or wrong. But at the moment, I'm proud of that. We're going Tuesday. We go again. We can run this. Fans, you are absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Well, by my notes, the last time I saw them, an away defeat and a red card. Is red shoes spell danger? <laughs> it may be, you know. So uh, we'll see We'll see what happens on uh, on Tuesday. But I'm, uh, like I said, really proud of the boys. Really pleased we came here. And do you know what? I think that... There'll be more worries in the home dressing room today than there is in the away dressing room. Gareth, speaking to Phil about uh, the Red Shoe Diaries, uh, whilst vacuuming. 
<laughs> yeah, it did sound more like vacuums uh, than, than lawnmowers. Yes. NK. Perhaps it's one of those about? leaf blowers. That's a bit more topical for the time of year, isn't it? it that's very true. And I never understand those because it's just like, well, what's the point? Because it just everything goes everywhere. Yes. And they have two settings, don't they? There's blow and suck. That's true, yes. <laughs> but, but, but I'm kind of thinking that we, we've meandered from the, the topic at hand. We're getting further and further away from the football. Let, let's move away from Milton Keynes, literally. Oh, uh, good, yes, OK. Even though we are back there uh, on Tuesday night. Oh, yes. Uh, in the Papa John's Leyland Daff. Uh, oh, come on, I, I, I can't think of any more sponsors, and that's had, that's had the most amount. Johnston's, Johnston's Paint. Paint, that's the one. Yes, and you'll hear from Gareth again a bit later on, um, uh, talking about his kind of mixture, if you like, of, of first-team slash uh, younger players in that competition. Freight Rover. Le- oh, yes, listen out for very good. Yeah. Leyland Daffer, you said Leyland Daffer. Leyland Daffer, yeah, it's probably the best one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, so yeah, we've got to go back up, up there. Uh, but anyway, on Tuesday night, we yes. were at uh, Shrewsbury Shrewsbury. Uh, you went there as well, uh, And you? I did go along there, yes, even though I wasn't quite sure. As, as I'm sure uh, everybody who, who probably went in the car, uh, rather than on one of the coaches, uh, possibly from the coach drivers as well, you know, <laughs> did wonder. Because it, it, it's one of those annoying places. So, so it's above Birmingham, um, which you sort of think, well, you could probably just about get there on a tank of, of petrol. But it's going to be a bit iffy, you know. By the time you're coming back past the Oxford services on the M40, you're going to be beginning to think, actually, do I really need to get some? Um, and obviously, when there's a fuel crisis on as well, it, you know, it, it's slightly uncomfortable to then think, well, I might actually be marooned in Shrewsbury or, or somewhere on the M40 uh, for a night. Uh, but very helpfully, actually, um, the, there was a, a, a pub where I parked. There was a, a petrol station uh, right opposite that that was actually selling petrol. How handy! I know it was very good. It was Have a, you been to Shrewsbury's ground before? Um, no, I, I've been. To the old one uh-huh. so, so i've been to the the gay meadow, gay meadow but i have not been to the new, new meadow, meadow um or the montgomery waters meadow as it is now called <laughs> um uh, it was all right it was you know as, as, as new grounds go it was it was perfectly uh, functional as a football ground and did you see a good game um first half was was not particularly very much to write home about um and yeah definitely if you look on social media there's not much coverage of the first half it wasn't very good um but second half everyone's we, we, too busy writing home uh, uh, you know yeah it's that saying yeah i managed to get here but i'm still not quite sure about the petrol situation <laughs> second half was much much better um uh, joe jacobson scoring a super goal uh we had, the, the thing that i really liked about jj's goal and lots of people have talked about the strike is the way that he brings the ball down on the edge of the penalty area before the strike uh, which is, is sort of um, I, I think the, the, the tribute I would pay is it's Bayo-esque the way that he brings the ball very carefully down and then fires the shot uh, is absolutely brilliant um, and then yes Tafazoli with another another headed goal Yes, and a lot made, obviously, that um, that JJ's goal, dead ball specialist, was from open play. I know, yeah, absolutely, uh, and and very finely struck it was too, uh, and I think, you know, once again, we definitely deserved the win. It's just a shame that we now have this habit of when we're 2-0 up, uh, of, of allowing the opposition to score uh, and making the final sort of 10-15 minutes of the game slightly nervy. It wasn't particularly nervy against Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, I didn't ever feel that they were actually going to, to score, but even so, you're still then sitting there slightly thinking, well, it would be a real shame if we threw away the two points here. Because it did feel like, didn't it, this was a 2-0 win rather than a 2-1, it I guess. D- completely, yeah. Uh, and I think the others have as well. I think, you know, the Cheltenham game, uh, that was definitely should have been a 2-0 win. This certainly was a 2-0 win the, the one against Accrington on the opening day again you know should have been a 2-0 win uh, so yeah if we can if we can cut out those late goals that would be, be good for the blood pressure thank you very much Gareth uh, let's get his thoughts after the game an amazing second half display and what a win away from home yeah do you know um 
myself and Dobbo demanded a little bit more quality at half time um, I thought that first half uh, we went toe to toe with Shrewsbury uh, who are a good side by the way um, Steve Cottrell good manager we've got obviously Aaron Pierre one of our ex-players who's is a big player for them and, and you know they've, they've recruited well you know um, physical get the ball forward like we do and uh, and they're going to cause teams problems they're definitely going to take take points off off teams here um, like I say a big fan of Steve Cottrell and the way he coaches and the way he gets his teams playing um, so at half time it was very even you know and, and it was that moment of quality that was going to break the deadlock um, we had a good passage of play we started getting our foot on the ball a little bit more and then the pass into Sulikake in the box which you know um, Dobbo's been working on in training and, and, and I mentioned if they can get in the box on the ball um, it's dangerous it's a dangerous position um, Sully's um, twisted up his, his defender put a great ball in Jack Grimm has had a, had a header and it drops to JJ on the edge of the box who slams it home you know, and, and it, was a, it was a brilliant goal for JJ who's uh, you know, he, he took a nasty whack in the first half but he was a solid performer today and uh, great captain's performance from him uh, and then another bit of quality a Sully Kai Kai again with a, with a fantastic set piece what a ball that was in you know, and Ryan Taffazoli just had to glance it in on his birthday and uh, and again, nothing more than the boys deserved, you know. Um, but Shrewsbury had their moment. Teams are going to have their moment, you know, and, and that it's uh, it's going to happen. Look at the weather. The, the weather's changed. The winter's come. It was, it's a tough place, and, and squads are going to be stretched. The depth of squads are going to be stretched, and uh, and they definitely gave us some real hairy moments at the end there, you know. And uh, Aaron Pierre himself going through on his left foot thought he might have scored, but. Um, Really proud of the boys the way they saw the game out. They've they've scored a good corner against us, but um, you know we had a passage of play about 83 minutes where I thought it took the the sting out of the game. It really did, you know. Josh and Gareth McCleary coming on and, and playing this just just these quality passes that these these players who've played at high levels that they've got this, you know, bringing Bayo and then to see the game out and uh, and obviously David Wheeler to to add some physicality. I, I thought we uh, we saw the game out really well. Um, I've just gone in there and said, look, a win is a win. Away from home at Shrewsbury on a Tuesday night after you've done five consecutive games. One was Man City away, ten men on Saturday. I think this is a great win. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Saturday night against Morecambe. Well, it must be an absolute credit. Like, just like you said, that we've got, we've got a full team right now, haven't played five games on the bounce. It must be amazing to have a full fit squad. Ready to, ready to take an empty team yeah, the depth right in the squad is, is something that I'm really I'm proud of you know, and, and I'm thankful to the owners um, again the Keurigs for, for letting me get these players in because um, you look at our bench tonight um, Daryl Horgan international Gareth McClear ex-international Asma Metti international you know Jordan Abita Bale and David Wheelie you know and, and Adam Pris but you know it is a really a really top bench we've got, we've got Dominic Gabe to add to this you know um, who didn't make the trip because he's, uh, he's expected you know, and I don't know if I've missed anyone out, but he'll be a quality player as well. But we've got this depth, which is really important, which enables me to rotate. We brought Kake and Hanlon in tonight in place of Horgan and McCleary. But, you know, big decisions to make because them two have been on fire. And back at home, you know, there could be more rotations. Um, Sam Volks again ran his socks off. I mean, just really, really proud and thankful that I've been allowed to do what I've wanted to do in the transfer market get this strength in and be able to rotate the squad without 
weakening it at all. There's nothing that, that brings this down well at this this good level, and uh, and it's it's brilliant to have these players to pick from. Gareth speaking to Ryan after the Shrewsbury slash Shrewsbury game, and that's something that really stands out in that the size of the squad, all yeah, the depth of the squad. It's suddenly quite impressive, isn't it? Which I don't think we've ever said before, really. Uh, but you think, oh yeah, uh, that you're looking on our bench and thinking, well, actually, there's players there that will. Uh, I wouldn't say improve the situation because that then sounds like I'm criticising the the first eleven that's chosen. But but there's so many options on the bench. You're not looking at our bench thinking, oh well, you know, yeah yeah, we'll have those players if somebody gets injured. Um, and just the way that Gareth actually uses them, you know, the fact that Bayo came on for the last last five minutes uh, uh, against the the Shrews, uh, definitely. See, they're not known as the Shrews, are they? No, that's true. No, or, or Salop. There's a lot of Salop signs there. All right. I know. Again, um, is that something backwards? Uh, no, no, that's, that's just just what they're called. And also a lot about the badge as well. Oh, okay. Because they had controversy about the badge because they redid the badge. That's they right. Were, I think one lion on it, and yes. they did the three lions, not the three lions, but no, no. The, their three lions, <laughs> different ones. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you get my drift, um, uh, but yeah, you know uh, Gareth McLeary being able to come on as a substitute, and you know, goodness me, Gareth McLeary, he's, mm. he's just. You know, incredible. We've mentioned his speed before, haven't we? Well, indeed. And uh, again, looking back at the highlights of the MK Dons game, uh, just you know, every, everything good um, involves Gareth McCleary. He is just absolutely incredible. Uh, and we're very, very lucky, I think, to have a player like that at Wickham Wanderers. As mentioned, Joe Jacobson was uh, also on target, uh, not from a, uh, a dead ball situation. Uh, we, let's hear from him. Tough game, really tough game, and, and we probably didn't hit the heights we've hit in other games this season. Um, we knew it was going to be tough. Gaffer spoke before the game and said these are the kind of places you need to come to if you want to kind of do something in the league. And, um, you know, at half time we said it's just going to be one or two little bits of quality that are going to kind of decide this game from either team. And um, I think first half we didn't really do enough on the ball I think we, we were sloppy at times and um, I think second half then we had good spells where we, we got it down, got into some good areas scored a couple of goals and, and again at the minute like we've done we've, we've kind of made it difficult for ourselves later on but I think we, we stayed strong and yeah, we rode our luck a little bit at the times but um, good victory, take it home and, and on to home performance on Saturday hopefully. Most people will see Jacobson down as a score, they'll just assume it was from a corner or from a <laughs> penalty but from open play you don't get many do you? No, no, I'd like to get more um, it's just one of those things I, I, I popped up, I've, yeah I don't really know what I was doing there um, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things that sometimes that you just follow the ball and, and end up being in a position, fell to me nicely and yeah, I managed to, to, to take it, double will tell you that when we're doing shooting practices I'm always the first one to ask to be involved and he's like no this is just for the attackers so um, yeah, I'm thankful that it, it went in and, and set us up nicely for, for the rest of the game so it was a nice one for me. Bit of debate online how many goals you have scored from open play for Wickham we think it's three but def- two of those have definitely been against Shrewsbury Yeah weirdly, really. Jay said that to me as we were coming off, he was like it was your last one against them as well um, and it's not, you know it's unfortunate I've, I had three amazing years here, I loved it, I love living in the area, I love playing for the club and had some really good times and just one of those things that happened that I've scored against them a couple of times now um, so yeah when the, like, like I said I'll take it I'm, I'm, I'm Wickham and, and you know it was a big victory for us tonight and was it another milestone this goal for you in your career? 
I think it's the 50th, yeah. It's amazing what a couple of penalties can do for you <laughs> over the years. But, yeah, one of those things, again, which is a nice little milestone. Yeah, it's been however many, 14, 15, 16 years, whatever it is. So um, all these little goals, they all add up. And, yeah, nice one, nice little milestone tonight. And your dad's been in touch as well. He's not shy on social media. He says you only score when he's on holiday. So uh, what's your message to him? Cancel the flight. Stay out there for as long as possible. We don't need you back here. Go and enjoy yourself. Keep making yourself look like a handbag or whatever he's doing out there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, enjoy it, enjoy it. I'm sure I'll get a few FaceTimes tomorrow from him as he's laying on the beach, but, um, yeah, it's nice that he's he's still looking out for Wickham when he's there. It's been some tough games on the road for Wickham recently. Uh, it must be nice to get on the bus now with the three points. Yeah, and I've, I've read somewhere about our record away on Tuesday nights when we stayed overnight, and, and look, the club do a lot for us of, of how we prepare and stuff, and we, we've come up yesterday, we, we did things right, and um, they're looking into a hell of a lot of different things about, you know, reasons for this, about sleep patterns and, and stuff like that. So, so um, they're really trying to, um, you know, change that record that we had, you know, tonight um, showed that, you know, we can we can win away, but also our home form is where we've really shone this season. And I think out of the nine games we played, we only played three at home and, and won them all. So we're, we're desperate to get back to Adams Park. You know, we want to make it a fortress this season. We started off really well there. And if we can carry on picking up wins, then, then I'm sure we're going to have a successful season. And last question for me, left back's been your position for most of your career. Left centre-back of a three is, is where you're at at the moment. Uh, you, you like in that new position? Yeah, I started off as a winger all those years ago, so I don't know how far back I can go from here. <laughs> but no, I love I, I really enjoy it. Um, I think it suits me down to the ground a little bit. Of, you know, I know the gaffer kind of likes full-back kind of players in, in those wide ones, or, or if it's a little bit lopsided and things like that, so, so it suits me down to the ground. And yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it since we, we went there March-April time last year. Yeah, I think I've... I've played some of my best stuff in the last few years there so um, yeah as long as I'm in the team I'm happy playing anywhere but I, I do really like it there yeah been a while since you scored from a corner as well when's that coming well last season I wasn't allowed to by the officials so this season I don't know the way Sully puts them in you can take them all from now on and, and um, put them on a plate for Taft but yeah I, no, like I said I, I try sometimes the boys have a go at me for shooting a bit too much from corners but if, if Dobbo who, who sorts of set piece out allows, allows me to do it I'm right there Wickham Wanderers captain Joe Jacobson speaking to Phil look out for uh, more goals from all sorts of places from him I think he's also got the right idea about being vaguely critical of the officials that actually you wait until like the following season and, and then you slightly <laughs> criticise them and hopefully you don't then get in trouble with the, the good AFL. timing well done JJ uh, we need to revisit a bit because chron- chronologically we've missed an event of the week we have yes uh, which of course was the rescinding of the red card for Anthony Stewart um, which was in some ways great <laughs> but in other ways really annoying wasn't it because you just think we played the whole of the second half and, and you know what can you do there's obviously nothing you can do there's no right or wrong way of sorting these things out really you speak to some of our friends in the Premier League about say VAR and they'd say no don't do it whatever you do um, but yeah just just very very annoying still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show we'll be hearing more from Gareth Ainsworth uh, looking ahead to the game against Morecambe on Saturday and we'll catch up with a former groundsman online on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound Bing bong Calling the people of High Wickham it's David Stockdale number 13 here from Wickham Wanderers not sure what to do this Saturday get yourself down to Adams Park we continue our League One campaign. Bring your chanting air game. Help us get all three points. Tickets are now available at tickets.wwfc.com. See you there. Hi, this is Jason McCarthy at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. 
Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, uh, we will look ahead to the game against Morecambe, which uh, Wickham Sam will be at. We will, yes. Outside, come and say hello beforehand. Yes, beforehand is, is the time to do it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Don't come and say hello afterwards because we won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> and also, looking ahead to the game, is this is the time to do it as well, isn't it? Again, you can't do that afterwards. No, you can't. That's very true. But first, if you're a regular listener to the show, uh, you'll know that uh, each week uh, we feature a fantastic interview as uh, arranged, if I think that's the word, uh, by the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. Uh, big thanks to Alan Hutchison and also JDT for sorting that out. This week, though, something a little different for you. Ooh. I know. Good good sound effect of uh, something a little different there. Uh, rather than an ex-player, we've spoken to an ex-groundsman who uh, looked after the player surface at both Lokes Park and Adams Park. Uh, he's called Rod Lavers and uh, here's how he got the role. I first started watching Wickham in the mid-60s and became an ardent fan very, very quickly and sort of watched them through the 70s, you know, the Middlesbrough game and, you know, so many great matches in the Isthmian League. And uh, then I became more involved um, on the side as a steward at the Blues Club which was the old social club at Lokes Park. I was there sort of from about 79 through to 82-ish, something like that. And uh, then I was approached by the then secretary, the great John Goldsworthy, to see if I was interested in becoming a groundsman. I, I was currently working at Wickham District Council, where I'd been for six years working uh, on the parks department. And I had an apprenticeship there for sort of six years and they sent me to college. And, uh, yeah, sort of got all my experience from there, really. So I guess obviously being a fan of the club, you, you were aware of, of Lokes Park, of course, and, and, and the famous slope. Did you did, did you find oh, that a bit absolutely. daunting? Is this yeah. something to have to kind of look after? Yeah. 11 feet from corner to corner. It's amazing. That must have provi- provided you with a number of challenges. <laughs> Well, to, to be honest, not really. When you're sort of working on the pitch, you weren't really that aware of it. Um, but obviously, when teams turned up and anybody who hadn't played there for the first time sort of came out of the tunnel and looked at it and think, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, I was listening to Anton's interview last week, actually, Anton Vickshouse, and he was saying that uh, a lot of teams used to play on the the top of the slope, on the main stand side, um, trying to gain an advantage, but it didn't, didn't seem to work that way. No, of course, because Anton must have been there, obviously, around the time that you were. It must have been so nice to, as well to be able to uh, build relationships with, with players and, of course, the managers as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Met many, many great players and uh, managers too, yeah. I, I was just looking up, actually, in my time there, uh, there were six managers from the time I started at, as groundsman to when I finished. And I guess what many supporters don't really appreciate is I'm sure that the, the managers will probably want want the pitch to be done in a particular way. Yeah, yeah, some more than others, really. Mike Keane, who was manager when I first started, he, he didn't really get that involved with the pitch, to be honest. Um, he just sort of, you know, turned up on the day and said, oh, that looks great sort of thing, and uh, left it at that. The people who came after that, Paul Benson, Alan Gain. Peter Sutterby were pretty much the same. Jim Kelman took quite a big interest in the pitch, as did uh, Martin, Martin O'Neill, who I finished with. I mean, I imagine quite a lot of work goes into sort of creating, if you like, the kind of the, the, the playing surface to a standard that at least that you would, you would want it at as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I always used to feel, especially at Lokes Park, 
um, where I was just the only one there, really. I, I used to sort of <laughs> look after the pitch and the dressing rooms and clean the ground after games, sweeping up and things like that. So the time on the actual pitch was a bit limited. So that, that created a challenge in itself. And obviously you were at the club at some special times with, with various cup wins and going to Wembley as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1991 sticks in the memory, obviously, with the uh, first FA Trophy win. And it was it was a real thrill to sort of, you know, because I used to be kit man on the away games then, and to actually sort of uh, go to Wembley with the players and be able to share the, you know, the thrill of walking out on that pitch was just incredible. So what was the move to Adams Park like? Because, again, that must have been something quite quite exciting to, to oversee uh, that transition, if you like. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very exciting. Brian Lee sort of oversaw most of that. You know, he was like a project manager, if you like. And uh, he sort of kept me involved in all the developments there. And I used to go up and visit the ground with uh, John Goldsworthy and see how things were going on. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing, really. Yeah incredible times there must be so much to kind of uh, again to, uh, were there many differences in, in obviously looking after that pitch compared to obviously there was no, there was no slope uh, at that one but it, <laughs> yeah. i'm sure that was the main difference yeah. yeah the interesting thing about about the pitch at adams park then i mean obviously it's changed now but um it was sort of new technology uh whereas it was almost entirely sand there was very very little loam in the pitch so um that was to try and get the more root development going on in the pitch, you know, which uh, worked well for the first year, but the second year wasn't so good. So, uh, you know, we had more problems with the pitch. And obviously after that, they had the pitch relayed. And then years after that, Wasps came along and they had another new pitch, and uh, which was made with a netting underneath so that the scrums didn't sort of pull the, pull the grass out too badly. But yeah, pitch technology has moved on incredibly since my time, and it's got under soil heating, of course, which is something that you didn't you didn't benefit from. Yeah, at Park, yeah, Park. indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the pitch at Adams Park now is incredible. Because I think I remember hearing as well when I was at school, and people used to say um, that I think it's Adams Park is the, is the same dimensions as, as Wembley. Perhaps that's certainly the old Wembley. Is that the it thing? is. That is exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess many many teams might might find that a bit daunting as well, because they they used to slightly smaller smaller pitches. Um, yeah, indeed. But in late years, I think when Gareth first took over, um, when was that? About 2015, 2016, something Yeah, like nine that, years ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I remember him sort of, uh, he bought in the touchlines to make the pitch narrower because it suited the style of play that he wants to play. So, you know, but when, when it was a full-size pitch, yeah, it was a very, very big pitch to play on. Have you got any memories of a particularly challenging weather conditions, which which would have made your job especially difficult? Um, nothing springs to mind. Um, obviously, we had snow. I mean, a lot of the older supporters remember the, the Peterborough game in the FA Cup we had, um, which was called off <laughs> within about an hour. It's the fa- famous one with John Motson standing on the pitch in his uh, sheepskin coat. Um which was amazing because Peterborough uh, came along the motorway and got to Handy Cross. And at Handy Cross, there was no snow at all. And when they came down to Adams Park, the pitch was covered with about two and a half, three inches of snow. So obviously 
no way the game was going to go ahead. Is that something you knew well in advance? You, you looked at that and no, thought, we're, no, we're not playing it caught, that us all, caught us all completely by surprise. But after that, I mean, there were games at Lokes Park and Adams Park where we had a lot of snow and it was it was just fantastic to see the support from people who turned up with shovels and things like that to help me get the lines cleared and get the match on and make it playable. It must be a role as well, which you must be so proud to have, to have done for the length of time that you did. It was, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt really privileged and obviously being a fan of the club, it was... It was home from home for me to go to work. You know, it was just a, an absolute joy, really, and to to mix with all the characters there and the players and managers and just be so heavily involved and uh, going on many away trips on the coach and uh, having a chat with players. It was, it was just great, great times. It must have been such a brilliant insight, as I say, just to have that close relationship uh, with, with not only the being responsible for the pitch, but also, as you say, the, the kits as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it took took up a lot of time. Um, yeah, sorting the kit out and doing things for the away games and getting the drinks ready and things like that. Fortunately, there was no mishaps. I don't remember taking the wrong kit or anything like that. So, <laughs> I was going to say you must have some some great kind of behind the scenes stories and, and things that, that are quite kind of quirky things that probably happen that, that supporters didn't don't get to see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Things that I probably couldn't talk about, things that happened in the dressing rooms, <laughs> um, you know, after games, maybe after heavy defeats, you know, things flying around and uh, <laughs> some choice language. <laughs> and what did you enjoy most about the role? Because I imagine, you know, as I say, you must have taken great care as to, as to caring for the, for the turf. Yeah, I, I especially, I think, in the latter years, I enjoyed the away trips. That, that was really good and, uh, you know, being able to meet opposing groundsmen, if you like, and sort of chew the cud with them and, you know, um, gain some extra knowledge on how to look after the pitch. Telford springs to mind. I mean, we, we, any of the older supporters of the game would know what an incredible pitch that was. It must be so pleasing as well for you to, to kind of watch on as a fan now after being able to have contributed in that way as well. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, what Gareth's done is just amazing. You know, he's a, he's a fabulous character as well. Um, so, you know, it's no surprise to me how well he gets on with the players and gets the results that he does. I'm really pleasing, as you say, that the work that the Ex-Player Association do as well, really great to have the different generations of, of players still able to, to get together, well, less so in more recent times, but hopefully from, from now on as yeah, well, to kind of relive some, yeah. some brilliant times. Indeed, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I try to attend as many functions as I can, you know, like the annual dinner and uh, also the quiz in March which uh, my team's been lucky enough to win on a couple of occasions. I was going to say, I, and, I hear you're quite, uh, a, quite, a, quite a, a, a quizzer. Yeah, yeah, I do love my quizzes. And uh, also, a couple of months ago, I was on the golf day at uh, Winter Hill, which was a, a fabulous day. And uh, got, got to meet up with not only the players from the time I was at Wickham, but uh, also a lot of the older players going back into the sort of 50s and 60s. So the, the ex-players is, is such a tight-knit group and it's fantastic for them to all get together and relive old stories and old times. And yeah, I mean, Alan Hutchinson and John Taylor have done such a good job with that. And uh, it's just so great to get together with them. Because I guess years ago as well, the pitch must have got a lot more use uh, than, than it does now, perhaps because you know, there was obviously reserve teams and I guess they, they yeah. trained on the pitches as well. 
They did, yeah, yeah, because uh, at Lokes Park, they used to have the old training ground um, above the ground, um, which was sort of between, like, you know, the actual pitch itself and the nurses' area there for the hospital. But that wasn't in very good condition. So, obviously, when when that got really bad, you know, in the winter time, things like that, they would use the pitch more to train on. So, uh, yeah. That's just the way it was. I guess when you go to football games generally now as well, you can't really look in the, at the pitch in the, in the same way as other people would. Cause you're <laughs> no, you're, you're probably, probably looking for other things. Um, well, I certainly look at the pitches, but as I said before, pitch technology now is is just out of this world. Where When you look at pitches at the end of the season, there's barely a blade of grass missing. Whereas uh, I'm not still, I've got some old... Um, videos and DVDs of Match of the Days back in the 60s and 70s and there's absolute quagmires and uh, <laughs> you wonder how the, the players stood up on it, let alone play football. I was nowadays, say, I mean, it's a carpet right the way through the season. I was going to say, you see so many, don't you, in, in the past of, yeah, as you say, goal mouths that are really carved up or especially like the touchline yeah. where the, the, the referee's assistant, as they're now known, but the line's... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> seem to be, they seem to be almost sort of digging a trench for themselves and the fact that they've run yeah, up Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen some incredible games on uh, pitches, you know, which <laughs> were, were certainly not fit for, fit for football, that's for sure. And what have you been doing since since your time of, of leaving the, the club? Because I, I imagine you, you, you've probably got a garden which looks exactly like a, a football pitch now with the, with the stripes and everything. My wife wishes it looked like <laughs> that way, yeah, but... Uh, it's a bit like the plumber's leaky tap, isn't it? You know, you never get round to your own. You're doing other people's. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, now that I've sort of uh, become sort of semi-retired, almost almost retired completely now, I get more time to look after the garden. And I have an allotment and uh, also play quite a bit of golf, badly, but I'm learning. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it does look a lot better than it used to. Have you got any tips for anyone who, want, who might, might want to recreate their own uh, their own sort of football pitch? <laughs> Especially this is, everyone wants stripes, don't they? You've got to have stripes in your lawn. They certainly do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, not really. Just plenty of weed and feed for your average sort of domestic lawn. Um, try and keep it open. Aeration, lots of forking. Um, yeah, that's it really. Um, without going into too many technical details. Uh, any anybody can achieve a good lawn with a little bit of time and energy and a little bit of money. <laughs> That's all you need. If you <laughs> Inspiration want inspiration for us all, there. recreate Adams Park at home. Uh, that definitely. Brilliant chat to Rod Lewis and obviously to hear his his memories and, and thoughts as well and some quite technical. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> technical it was impressive, and I very much like the 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 sort of image of him watching old episodes of Match of the Day uh, and watching it partly to look at the pitch. And I know what he means as well because mm. you do see old football. Oh, really? Coverage. Dug up. And you just think, goodness me, you know, the, these days they wouldn't even dream of allowing that game to go ahead, whereas back in the 70s and 80s it was it was fairly standard. Tell us what we've got coming up in the final part of the Wickham Wanderer show. We've got Gareth Ainsworth again. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Hi everyone, it's Matt Bloomfield at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderer show. In a couple of moments' time we'll be hearing from... 
Oh, Gareth Ainsworth. <laughs> Looking ahead. It took a couple of moments to, to, to click where you were going on it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't rehearse that bit, clearly. No. Um, but you rehearsed any of it tonight. No, but well, we don't rehearse any of it. No, well, that's true. That's, that's true. how you can imagine tell it's live. We, imagine if we rehearsed it. <clears throat> anyway, um, first, uh, you can catch us at Adams Park on Saturday at the, uh, well worth mentioning, you uh, can. at the uh, Morecambe game. Uh, Rob will be there uh, broadcasting his show from 12 o'clock, so do go and say hello. Um, and take part in the quiz, perhaps. And take part, yeah, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, you know, the, the more the merrier. Uh, he will be very, very pleased if people go up and say hello. He'll literally talk to anyone. He will, yes. Talking of anyone, we've got someone to say happy birthday to We a have big indeed. Hello. Uh, a big hello to Amelia, um, who um, is 11 today. Uh, she is a, what's been described as a super crazy wanderer. Um, and there's a lovely picture of her walking out of the tunnel. I assume, well, on a day when she was a mascot. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. But not I that she's a new signing or anything. Uh, no, well, you, you never know, actually. Uh, One of Sam Grace's early talent spots. <laughs> indeed, yes, she's going to be in the development stroke. <laughs> B team squad or whatever it always seems to have a different name whenever they talk about it brilliant to be uh, 11 though isn't it uh, yes yeah yeah it was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but yes, uh, hello, Amelia. Nice to know that you're listening and hope you have had a fantastic birthday. Good time to have a birthday as well, right at the end of September. I don't know why. Any time's a good time to have a birthday, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not quite sure where you're going with any of this tonight. Oh, okay. No, me neither. To be honest, it, it, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't matter. It, it's just as, it, as if, like, if if you were one of those sort of like um, players on FIFA, it's, it's as if you you've, <laughs> you, you you know, like you can control the the level of the referee, whether the referee is like really really lenient or really really. So, so tonight, it's, it's sort of like as if you're you've gone to like bizarre setting. <laughs> <laughs> so like sometimes it's like like mainstream and yeah, other yeah. times it's bizarre and tonight you've definitely gone down towards the bizarre setting tonight thank you very much that's all right i do, I do mean that in a very loving complimentary way <laughs> not, not in a bad way at all <laughs> no i took it in the right way i think uh but first uh, bob spoke to gareth earlier today uh, let's take you back first of all to saturday uh whilst it must be wonderful that uh, anthony stewart's red card was then overturned it must be so frustrating as a manager to know that you then played the the whole of the second half with with only 10 men unnecessarily yeah of course you know and, uh, these things do happen but they seem to be happening more and more now in football i think both of us and middlesbrough both received red cards that were rescinded you know i think that um the rules, the interpretation of the rules, I think everyone knew what had happened except the referee. You know, Anthony made a genuine attempt and to have that overturned was the right decision. But obviously, I thought not just the boys having to play with 10 men and being obviously stretched and tired further. Um, the fact that with 11 v 11, I thought we were by far in the game. I thought we had the best chances of the first half right up until the penalty shout. And... Uh, and I think the second half would have gone in pretty much the same vein. But, um, you know, you have to take these as a manager and it's all part of the game. Um, but, you know, after after nine games, you know, only losing two and one of them, we we have a, a genuine belief that we wouldn't have lost if we'd have had 11 men. I think it's a real good start to the season. So there's plenty of positives to look at. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, the EFL made the decision and the FA made the decision to rescind the red card because... On Tuesday, Anthony was needed, and, uh, and obviously we uh, we all saw that. So, um, yeah, gutted. But as I said after the game in my interview, you know, I think that the fact that MK Dons didn't put us to bed shows character, shows how far we've come as a team, shows resilience. Um, and eleven v eleven, I think we uh, we definitely get one over on that team. But um, we'll have to wait until they come to Adams Park for that to happen. Uh, right now, we've got a, a lot more games to concentrate on, and, uh, and we're looking forward to those. 
And then on Tuesday night, a fantastic uh, display against Shrewsbury, particularly in the second half. But in particular, I want to mention a fantastic display from all the fans that, that managed to get there. Um, clearly, at the moment, um, uh, the, the, with the problems with the petrol, it was quite impressive to see actually so many in the away end. Absolutely. And, uh, and if the fans want to know if I'm doing my bit, then I've cycled in this morning to work from where I live. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, in, in appreciation of those guys as well. I'm trying to do my bit and save a little bit of petrol. So, uh, you know, when I can tackle it, I, I did. Um, but I, 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 I take my hat off to them all because not only is it a Tuesday night away at Shrewsbury, and we, we got home at 3 o'clock, but we all have Wednesday off and we all, we all take it and sleep in. Some of those people would have gone to work and not just gone to work, probably got up early to try and find some petrol somewhere or some diesel somewhere that, that they, uh, they've waste, not wasted but used coming to watch their beloved wanderers you know so I, I cannot you know sometimes I can't fathom how how they do it and and you know the passion they show for this side um, we we just want to re- replace on the pitch and show them that we really care and uh, and my boys really really thank you for for all your support and you saw you know some cracking performances the game itself was a typical Wiccan Wanderers game of old I'd say you know it was a real um clash of, of teams both trying to get the ball forward quickly um, and the bit of magic that opened it up with Sully Kai Kai and, and some clever play around the box a fantastic free kick in by Sully and Taft Seder and the first goal a brilliant strike from our captain JJ so um, they definitely had their moments I'm glad the goals were at their end as well because they uh, they saw them and they cheered and they, they celebrated with the boys and uh, as I say just phenomenal support thank you so much and uh and they deserve a medal from those guys who were there and girls who were there on uh, on Tuesday night. The the whole thing was was you know it made it a lot better actually driving home when the M54 I think was then closed and then the M6 as well was closed for a little <laughs> bit. It it definitely helped the the fact that the goals were down our end and that we we came away with smiles on our faces. Well, three points. I'm sure the odd mark we're being caused is uh, is worth three points. <laughs> definitely. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's just. Uh, like I said, just uh, we're living in very testing times at the moment. Hopefully, there's some light at the end of the tunnel, and if we can we can put smiles on faces and uh, and keep people's spirits up, then that is my job. Both players, fans, staff, everyone around me. I will never stop energising these lot, and uh, and believe me, you all motivate me. So thank you very much. And then to to Saturday, uh, are we looking forward to another possibly old-fashioned sort of clash against against Morecambe? Well, it's definitely a team that we've struggled against over the years. I'm not going to hide from that. You know, People are going to say, our record's not great, and I agree totally. Our record is not great against Morecambe. They always were our bogey team with Jim Bentley in charge, a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, every time we got close to achieving something, Morecambe would put a spanner in the works. And uh, and that's, uh, that's happened throughout. So we have got to make sure that we're on this one because they've turned over some teams this season. Do not, please, for one minute, underestimate Morecambe. Uh, people probably did that against Wickham three years ago in League One and we, we got some fantastic results you know we some real good results in League One and uh, and I think Morecambe are showing just why they got promoted they just needed probably that, that glimmer of light that, that glimmer of League One football to show what they're capable of and uh, and being a North West team I'm, I'm very proud of them but um, all I want is a Wickham win on Saturday I've asked the boys to uh, to give me as many points in these next four games as I've asked for maximum points I want, I want maximum points if we're going to want to um, achieve this season and uh, and to do one of our bogey teams at home um, even though we haven't played them for, for quite some time uh, is is a big a big ask and uh, we're going to be working really hard over the next two days to make sure that we uh, 
we know what we're going to do against Morecambe. We know how how we're planning and um, their strengths and weaknesses. And I say if those fans can make the trip, uh, I know it's Morecambe, um, but it's League One, and where we're sat at the moment is uh, is very exciting. So please, please get down to Adams Park and uh, and get behind the chair, boys, because we need you. And then on Tuesday night, uh, another trip up to, to MK. Um, I'm assuming that probably the Papa John's Trophy isn't the, the main um, of main importance this season, but even so, it would be nice to get, get one over on them after what happened last Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's not about getting one over, honestly. It's, uh, it's about putting in a, a good performance and seeing probably some of the younger boys having a look and seeing how they're, how they're faring in the team. You know, we, we're going to have to call on some of these younger players at some time, you know, the likes of of um, Chris Farino, Jack Wakeley, Connor Parsons, uh, Oli Pendleby's already made his mark, and it's Mamete, you know, classed still as this this young talent that we've got. So, um, really looking forward to seeing the boys out in action at MK Dons, and uh, and it will be it will be splattered with first team uh, the ones we played in the first team like as well because we just don't have the squad size. So, um, you know, I don't want to anyone thinking this is just a, a tournament where our young boys play. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some of the uh, the older players playing too, and uh, and that's uh, that's part and parcel. But um, we, you know, it's uh, it's a good good time to get some uh, some football minutes into these development boys. Sam Grace has done a fantastic job with these boys, and uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some of them progress into our first team in the future. Uh, any news yet on uh, the the international break and whether or not uh, we're we're going to be playing that weekend? Uh, no news yet. No, we're again we're assessing uh, international call ups for the boys. You know, I think. Um, we keep it in house. Uh, we've got five potentials, probably six potentials who could be called up. Um, and and again, we uh, we'll then assess, you know, um, position wise whether they're in the, are out of the team. Um, you know, it, it's it's not just a decision that we take lightly. Um, but um, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be having a look at seeing where where we lie with that, and uh, and we'll make sure we. Uh, We'll get the news out as soon as we can. And fantastic, actually, that, that you've got that decision to make. I mean, when you say there's six potentials, that, that's so impressive for Wickham Wanderers. Yeah, um, I mean, you go from Andre to TJ, the two younger boys, then Anis, Daryl, Sully Kai Kai, you know, um, Adam Prisbeck. They're all, all potential um, call-ups for their national, for their countries, you know, and, and to play for your country. I, I never did. You know, there was rumours when I was when I was in the Premier League and, and, and even rumours were just, I mean, it's the proudest moment of your careers without a doubt when you line up and, and you, you hear that national anthem and you go out to represent your nation. Um, so proud of these boys and uh, and I'm really uh, I'm really hoping that we, we get many more to come. But um, six potentials is, is very good for Wickham Wanderers and it's probably days that, we could only dream off years ago, um, but it's, it's happening. It's real, and we're loving it. It's a really good point, actually, because not that long ago, you wouldn't have imagined that that Wickham would have a, a fistful of not internationals. Six. six is a lot, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and just picking up on what you said, can you imagine Gareth Ainsworth playing for for England <laughs> and just how bursting with pride he would have been? Absolutely, especially at the national anthem, national anthem. Oh, bit. completely. Yeah, yeah. He, he would have been seeing that out for for all he was worth, wouldn't he? So you've been having a look at the Morecambe record. Um, yeah, actually, that sounds like a newspaper, doesn't it's it? It's not that bad. Um, the, in the games that we played, 
and I'm surprised that we've played this many to, because to me Morecambe still seem like they're relatively new in the, the football league although I know that people probably actually say that about us um, so uh, the games between Morecambe and Wickham uh, Morecambe have won four we've drawn five and we've won nine Ooh. but I think Gareth feels that More they're a recent. bit of a yeah because of the recent record uh, so the last game we played uh, was at Adams Park uh, February 2018 when we lost 4-2 uh, before that November 2017 uh, we lost 2-1 there uh, game before that was the one all draw uh, when Wickham could still make the playoffs but they needed to beat Morecambe uh, and then win the following weekend uh, and we went up to Morecambe and I believe it was Kev- our old friend Kevin Ellison uh, scoring <laughs> right at the end I think for Morecambe uh, to deny us the, the win that we needed uh, I may have got, got that slightly muddled but I, I definitely remember a, a weekend in Morecambe where we needed to, to win to get in the playoffs and we didn't because you've seen Morecambe play of course um, I have yes yeah, I've, seen it. I've, I've been up to Morecambe uh, I've been up to Morecambe a couple of times I oh. think um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those journeys it's a long way. I was going to say. Long way to Morecambe. If you lose, it does seem to take a few days to get home. <laughs> uh, um, and definitely it's not one that you want to be coming back down and discovering that the M6 has been closed and then there's diversions, which is what happened on uh, Tuesday night. Especially with fuel issues as I, well. So, well, that's again what Coupled I was slightly thinking. That. I was glad that the, the place in, in Shrewsbury, they seem to have got petrol in Shrewsbury. But you did have an issue with a door handle. Um, I did, yeah, yeah. Because I did actually, so I, so I stayed the night in a hotel near Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and what happened with the door handle? I'm not quite sure, but but you know how you meant to to then lock the the hotel door um, before you go to bed. Yes, yes. So so I did this, but then I forgot in the morning as I was going down. For oh, breakfast. I see what's happened here. And so you know, and so a bit more force. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I was. I did use a lot of force, but I did open the door, and to my surprise, as I opened the door, the the entire handle sort of like came off, and and the lock flew towards me, and I thought, well, that's not very sturdy, is it? So I wasn't quite sure whether to go down and sort of say. This isn't very good, is it? Like if someone had tried to break through my, my door, they would have got in. Um, but no, I, I just went down slightly sheepishly saying, sorry, I've broken your door. And they didn't seem to mind. All oh, right. Oh, good news. Probably happens all the time. I was gonna, <laughs> you can get, take that to any away trip stars with you. And whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I've thrashed your hotel room. Well, not strictly speaking, Indeed, I've just broken a handle. You know, it's a bit like... one of the cold-blooded hearts. If, you, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not used to a soft-closed toilet seat and you suddenly drop it, <laughs> that's something I didn't think I'd be mentioning on the show. Okay. No, no. I, I, I'm not sure I've had that experience. I saw oh, well, one that, that goes down very slowly yeah. like that. Okay. And what? And you try and force it? No, no. The opposite. If if, you're, if there isn't one and you just let it go, then it. Oh, just I bang. see what you mean. And then it bangs. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, I've never tried to force a soft closed toilet seat. Have you got a soft closed toilet seat at home then? Yeah, too. Have you? Yeah, upstairs and downstairs. Look at me showing off now. Goodness me. I know. You live in a posh house, don't does, you? Has everyone not got one? No. <laughs> this honestly, I, this I, is where I, I didn't see the end of the show going this way. I, did, I didn't really know that they existed. Really? Can you, can you get one from the the Wicked Wanderer shop? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that is, that must be well being arranged. We should next time we speak to Missy, soft right, clothes, yes. Wicked Wanderer's toilets, toilets seats. <laughs> oh, I shall go home and, and inquire as to why we haven't got one at home. Please do report back next week. Okay. Can you order them from Amazon? Oh, most definitely. Yes, OK. Uh, we should say, yes, we're playing Morecambe, incidentally, on Saturday. Uh, tickets are still available. And then we are away again to the MK Dons in the Papa John's uh, LDV Vans, <laughs> associate, the LDV Vans? <laughs> associate Members Trophy um, on Tuesday night with a 7pm kickoff. We need to win that game because otherwise it does look pretty much like we are out of the competition because, of course, we've already lost to the Aston Villa under-21s. Lots to discuss and an international break next week as well. Yes, I shall go and examine the toilet seat at Wickham Sound Towers to see whether it's a soft closing one. Don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs>